Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J-Cat Morris. Uh, back with you. I really didn't expect to be doing a show this week. Um, but, man, a lot of shit happened. Um, so, l- let me uh, let me just figure something out real quick. And, um, let me see something. I know this is, like, the worst time for me to be, like, researching something. But, anyway, um... First things first, what I really wanted to get into is the the passing of Nate Hatred. Um, came completely unexpected. Um, you know, for anybody who, who knows and has listened and paid attention to some things, you know, Nate was on the show and um, one of the only podcasts he's done. I, he's done the Hot Tag, and uh, he's, he's done my podcast, and I don't think you could really find too many others that, that Nate Hatred has done. Um, and I spent some good time with him on the podcast, and um, I was very, very happy to do that, but I'll get back to that in a second. But, um, you know, he's very open about his struggles with addiction. He had problems with addiction um, and, and was really battling through it. This is not what claimed him. 
this um this was a tragic car accident that that claimed Nate hatred. So I don't want anybody to get confused and think that this was something else that you know was his demise. Uh, he had his demons, but um that that's not that's not what took him out. Um, it's a tragic, unexpected death. Um, I guess let me just go back and and do my best to uh you know talk about what Nate Hatred was you know to me as a wrestling fan. Um, CZW again, you know, I, I said this on my Facebook, but this is, this is legitimate to me. And, uh, you know, just, we'll just go back through it the way that I, I, uh, typed it and, you know, probably elaborate some. Everybody has their own special time, their own magical point in wrestling. Some people, you know, are old school. Some people go back to, you know, old school NWA and, and this and that. Um, some people you know, have the attitude error, you know, that's, that's what really got them into wrestling. That's, that's what really, uh, was, was the main focus. What they reflect on is as the high point in wrestling. They keep referring back to that when it comes to, you know, what their love of wrestling was. That's, that's the peak of, of what they, they're used to and what they, they want wrestling to be. You know, there's always that pinnacle for you, you know, something that you can look, it might be, you know, Japan, it might be the Kawada Kobashi shit, you know, where you look like, man, it just doesn't get better than that. Um, For many, many people, especially over here on the East Coast, ECW is that pinnacle. ECW is something that people, you know, had really latched onto, and it it became like their their fed. It became their home fed. It became their place to go monthly. It became something that they had pride in. They they walked around proud of this company that they were representing. And the people that came out of that company became legendary. You know, you could talk on and on about ECW. This is clearly not an ECW tribute, but this is um very common. For me, that, that was not it. Um, I, I liked ECW quite a bit. I liked the Attitude Era quite a bit. Um, I liked a lot of those things. Those definitely had a, a good part of what brought me into wrestling as an adult as far as, um, you know, connecting back with it. But when I started going to indie wrestling, um, and I started just, just going to little local shows. I've told the story a million times. I would go to the Tom's River shows, and Donnie B would be running shows, and, uh, you know, NWA, this and that, whatever the fuck they're called, would be running, and, and all sorts of little shindies. And you'd find the Backseat Boys on those shows, and you'd find um, Rick Blade on those shows, and, and those type of guys. Well, you know, when... I talked to Trent and Johnny after the the one show because man, they just did a this ladder match that tore it up with uh Rick Blade and Nick Burke versus the backseats. And and they were doing shit that was like Edge and Christian versus the Hardys at the time. But they were doing shit that like you know, innovative shit that you never even saw on T V. You didn't the guys on T V weren't taking risks as high as, as what these guys were doing in front of fifty people on a fucking family show. So when I talked to them and um, they told me, look, man, if you like this shit, you'd love CZW. It's it's kind of like that ECW vibe, but man, it's like our own crew and it, you know, it's, it's something you've never seen before. So they said, yeah, you know, we're doing a show next month or whatever in Sewell. I didn't even know what the fuck Sewell was. Uh, Sewell, New Jersey and this and that. So, you know, hey, fucking make plans to do this. We fucking map quested it because that was when you did map quest and you printed shit out. 
before you left the house because, hey, there was the Internet, but it wasn't really, uh, you know, smartphones and fucking everybody with a GPS in their pocket and all of that shit. So it was a lot of getting lost and this and that. When it, when I finally got to uh, Champs Soccer Arena and, um, you know, some people in the very town that Champs Soccer Arena was in thought we were talking about Champs in the mall. No one knew where the fuck this place was. Like, the people who lived in the town was like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, so, CCW was kind of its own little secret, you know? I mean, the people who knew, knew, but even the town that it was being run in wasn't, like, well, well aware of everything that was going on with CCW, which was kind of crazy because of the things that they, you know, I later on realized that they had hit the news with all this other stuff, you know, with, uh, their battle with Whitman and, you know, they said it couldn't be done was like, because they, they were told, Hey, you can't use light tubes indoors in New Jersey. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'll fucking do it right outside here. And they did a 200 light tube match in New Jersey when they were just told not to use fucking light bulbs. So it was like, they said it couldn't be done because that's what the state fucking told them. It couldn't be done. Um, so, you know, making waves like that. And they were still kind of flying under the radar of a lot of people. Um, so, you know, what drew me in was the fact that I knew that these guys were doing some top-notch shit. My interest and intrigue in, in the possibilities of what would go on there. And um, the fact that he said, hey, you know, on top of uh, what I'm telling you, you know, Tajiri and Super Crazy are booked on the next show. So, well, shit, you know those fucking guys. All right. So, sure enough, crushing the competition February 2001. The rest is history. Um. I was completely hooked by that show and immediately started to learn the characters and learn, you know, um, the different role players in, in CZW and what CZW became to me was my home fed. It was something I was proud of. And again, for a while, it was kind of like, uh, you know, it was underground. It was still, you know, everybody's little secret kind of, you know, you tell your friends about it, but it's like people would either be into the big TV stuff and they'd be like, ah, that, that's like backyard shit. Like, I, I don't, those guys aren't like big time. That's not like the TV stuff or whatever. So like most people would be like disinterested in it that way. And then some people would look at it and be like, Oh, what the fuck are you? You know, you show them some of the crazy death match stuff and they'd be like, Oh, what the fuck? That's crazy shit. I mean, I, I drug countless people to CZW that I worked with that weren't wrestling fans at all, but attended, you know, a show here and there because like I had front row on lock after a while and, you know, just fucking, all right, I got four tickets or whatever. So who wants the fourth and Hey, you want to go and show them a couple of matches? Next thing you know, they go. So that's kind of off, off track of what I was saying. But, um, again, the, the characters of CZW became, you know, my crew, that, that was my go-to fed, the the things I look, looked forward to was that, um, you know, and back then, again, like, things have changed so much, but I was a, I was a full-on fucking mark, you know, I, I was going to those fucking shows, and just, I mean, we would listen to the fucking CZW theme songs, you know, the, the entrance songs to all the fucking people, we had a fucking, I'd have, like, a CD burned of everybody's fucking entrance song, and we'd listen to that shit on the way there. You couldn't hear an entrance song. And, and I'm sure it's like this still for quite a few wrestling fans. You you can't hear a wrestler's entrance song come on the radio without immediately thinking about that wrestler. Everybody else is looking at you like, what the fuck's this guy's problem? Like, you know, because you're connecting with that. 
um, what became a complete staple and what became an unmistakable crowd igniting theme song was voodoo. Uh, Godsmack, voodoo. When that shit hit, you knew the hate club were about to come out and rip somebody's fucking head off. Sometimes it would be a bullshit match. Sometimes it would be, you know, they would send out like students or or, or guys who they knew weren't really ready, weren't really going to blow the fucking crowd away. And sometimes it was on the fly and they, they would just say, fucking go get them. <laughs> and um, fucking that music would hit and these motherfuckers would come out and the crowd went fucking bananas. You know, there, there's there's that, those entrance musics that would hit. They, those guys didn't even need to do a fucking thing because they had... They had solidified themselves so much as the fucking guys, the the force that was going to come through. You know, the the things that they did were such, you know, crowd-pleasing fucking... You, you knew they were going to come out and just tear people up. And you were like, yo, as soon as that music hits, you got hyped. Like, straight up hyped. You could see motherfuckers jumping around while that music fucking creeped in and waited for those motherfuckers to come walking through that curtain. And that was Nick Gage and Nate Hatred. And Nate was the fucking monster. Nate was the absolute fucking beast. He came out there and it was just like... He, he you know, you, you can compare him to so many other people, you know, within, you know, bigger feds. Just unstoppable force type guy, you know, like your Goldbergs, your, you know, your, your Rhinos, your... Those type of guys. That Nate Hatred was that guy. I mean, he'd come out there, some of the fucking chair shots he was giving people, uh, just unfucking real. You know, when I started seeing those chair shots that he would throw, and you know, I talked about him about a lot of this stuff on the show with him, and um, he would hit that fucking that chair shot where he'd knock the top part of the chair out and leave that shit like a necklace around their head. And uh, it became, like, almost every time you hit a fucking chair shot, bang, bust the back out right around the fucking guy's head. Um, He had a serious fucking chair shot. His clothesline was crazy. He did that sit-out fucking face buster, that tilt-a-whirl sit-out face buster shit. The the fucking, uh, the sky-high fucking spine buster. I mean, it. the dude had just immediate impact. You knew when he hit the ring, shit was going down. There wasn't maybe like, ah, let's hope this is going to be good or whatever. When you saw the fucking hate club on on the card, you just knew. And like I said, sometimes their, their use would be to come in and just squash the fucking young guys. And a lot of times it would be, oh, the fucking backseat boys. These are the chicken shit heels. You know, these guys, crafty motherfuckers. They're getting over it or... You know, pissing the fans off, they're stalling, they're fucking running around the ring, they're catching, you know, quick victories over other teams, they're, you know, they're just smart-ass heels and this and that, and the hate club was the motherfuckers that were there for blood, they were just there to fucking murder, and it was such a perfect fucking collaboration, it was such a perfect uh, mix of styles, because you had these killers on one side of the ring, you know, with the crafty chicken shit heels that that could wrestle their ass off on the other side of the ring. 
And it, it was it was just fucking perfect. And again, Nate Hatred was just just that guy. He he was just a fucking murderer out there. That that's that was his role, and he portrayed it to the fucking fullest. He was a guy. He really like he didn't break character a lot either. You know, his, his gimmick was Nate Hatred, so you didn't see him like doing a whole shitload of smiling and high fiving fans, even though the fans fucking loved him. The fans loved that fucking guy. But he didn't really fucking like, hey, yeah, fucking high five, big smiles. He talked to you after the show. He's super humble dude. But, um, man, when he was out there, it was just like fucking just war. Just all out fucking war on his face. He, um, his feud with Gage, too. That was, that was one of my absolute favorite feuds Gage has ever had was him and Nate Hatred. The fucking dog collar match, that fucking tables match, and and he said like his neck was so fucked up he could barely fucking move his arm, and they did that fucking fire thunder bomb spot off the fucking off the stage through those tables. Still one of the craziest spots to this day. It's one of those moves, one of those those spots I'll never ever fucking forget. Gage's body was straight up and down like a fucking lawn dart, and he just fucking planted him with the. The, the fucking pile driver through those fucking tables. Just, just unbelievable, unbelievable work. You know, um, that, that was, I mean, really what you fucking look forward to. At any given point in that fucking show, that music hit, you're on fire. The fucking 200 light tube match that him engaged did, they broke every fucking tube, 200 of them. You just watch piles of fucking tubes after piles of tubes. Just absolutely insane. I mean, the, the the matches, the lists are a mile long for the, the things that he did. And, you know, just amazing, crowd-pleasing fucking matches. They said it couldn't be done, too, which was fucking Wife Beater versus fucking Nate Hatred. The amount of blood that came off that dude was just insane. Um, You know, he was gone from wrestling for quite some time. You know, he had gotten badly injured, and um, obviously, you know, he had some substance problems. You know, and he, he had tussled with that quite a bit. Um, when when the first Nick Gage Invitational came around, Gage had, you know, um, he had been out. Uh, Gage, you know, was in the fucking best shape of his fucking life. You, you never saw this, this Gage before. And... Amongst this emerged Nate Hatred. Nate Hatred's name resurfaced. The other half of the fucking hate club, it's almost like he waited. Now, yeah, obviously, you know, he had real life shit going on. He had his own things going on. But you got that, like, that feel, you know, as a wrestling fan, you got that feel like this motherfucker waited for Nick to get back to resurface. And fucking there he was. And he was going to meet fucking Nick fucking Gage, first round, Nick Gage Invitational, unheard of, fucking deathmatch tournament in New Jersey type shit, and Gage fucked up, and Gage fucked up, and he went the fuck back, and, you know, we talked about that last week, and, you know, we could definitely touch base on that again, because I have some Nick Gage things to talk about in a little bit, this ain't about him right now, and what came out of that was Nick or Nate going in and squashing Lowlife Louie, who filled in. And, um, 
you know, I mean, obviously, this was the Nick Gage Invitational. This was Nick Gage on fire, fresh out of fucking jail, and, like, there was no... There was no fucking chance that Nate Hatred was going over in that tournament. You know, we had talked about that and everything, and, like, there there was no fucking way. Like, Nate was going to come back. They would probably would have had an absolute fucking classic at that point. Um... You know, rekindling the old feud and the old fucking chemistry that they had together. It would have been fucking fantastic. But it turned Nate Hatred into a guy who quickly went over first round and met up second round with Masada. I've said it time and time again, Masada is the measuring stick of deathmatch wrestling. When you see Masada up against somebody who you think may or may not have it, or may or may not still have it, or you're not so sure if he could hang, you're going to find out whether they can hang when they're in there with Masada. That guy is the measuring stick of deathmatch wrestling. You're not going to have an easy night with Masada. That's just not the way it's going to go. He's going to make you prove yourself. He's going to make you work. He had a lot of respect for, for innate hatred. And, you know, he said this is, you know, old school you know, old school, new school, or whatever you want to call it, or two old schools that finally meet up, or whatever, however he phrased it. But this was a match that, look, man, this could have went bad. Nate Hatred was out for quite some time. Obviously, you know, Ring Rust is going to be there and everything else, all the injuries he dealt with and everything else he dealt with. He matched up with Masada and had a fucking amazing second-round match with Masada. Incredible. Great, great fucking shit. And and I couldn't have been happier to see him there. And, and I, I so wanted him to make a huge fucking explosion and impact back on the fucking indie scene. I wanted to see that fucking music hit in CZW just following that. I wanted, like, I thought this was going to be the fucking, the spark that lit the fucking fire that... Nate Hatred would have took fucking CZW back by storm. They didn't capitalize on that shit. Just another fucking, just another situation where DJ drops the fucking ball, doesn't have confidence in this guy or that guy, or thinks he knows a fucking better way. The crowd would have fucking leaped through the goddamn ceiling if Nate Hatred's fucking music hit and he came out and fucking leveled one of their fucking, you know, cocky heels. If he came out there and, you know, ripped fucking MJF's fucking head off one month. You know what I mean? Or it didn't even need to be, you know, on that top level heel. It could have been even something, you know, more mid-card or whatever. Whatever the case was. You could have had one of your little shitty student matches. And uh, I'll have to pull the card up in a minute. But there's a match that's on this card that's like, oh, man, I don't even remember the names of the dudes. But there's four of them. And I immediately sent it to a bunch of, just after Nate passed, I, I sent it to a bunch of uh, CZW guys who I talked to and our uh, former CZW guys, a little both. And, um, and I said, yo, th- this match right here is exactly the type of match that they would send Nate Hatred out to kill these fucking kids. It, the, the four of them would just get fucking annihilated and the crowd would eat it up. And that's, that's the type of shit that, you know, DJ would rather run as a serious match and, and have this be, you know, like a, a spotlight rather than, you know, something big, something impactful like that where, you know, your monsters get to look like monsters because, you know, occasionally you'd feed them these younger guys. And like, 
you know, the type of shit that they would do with the Hay Club, New School was one of those teams that got fucking fed to the Hay Club. But Chris Cash capitalized off of that. GQ, he was a good fucking worker, too. And they really capitalized off that and became so much more respected based off of the type of shit that the hate club would put them through. I think, you know, some of the baptismal of fucking Chris Cash was that type of shit going through those fucking hate club matches. You know? And, and, you know, and some other shit as well, but that that's really where you were like, oh, fuck, this kid could hang. So it wasn't necessarily just squashing guys for the sake of squashing them, burying them, and never letting them come back. You know, you had those matches where it was shit, man. The, there was a big fucking IWA um, problem, you know, a, a feud type thing, I guess you'd say, where um, not even a feud. It was just kind of like actual heat where Hero was pissed off and um, Ian was pissed off. Uh, there there was people who were mad about it because um, I think it was Hero and B-Boy. And they just got fucking murdered on Cage of Death by the Hate Club. Great fucking match. In my opinion, absolutely great fucking match. But they sure as fuck didn't look strong. And I think Hero might have even been the IWA Mid-South World Champion at the time too. Which makes it even fucking worse on, you know, on them. On, you know, what it looks like when they go home type thing. But just, just amazingly entertaining. I mean, the, the the fucking impact on the shit that was going on. Because obviously, you know, when you got hard-hitting motherfuckers like that and doing crazy shit, if you have great workers on the other side that's going to sell shit so much better, it, you know, the whole fucking thing is going to look like gold. And that that's what those four guys did out there. But, um, yeah, like I said, um... The possibilities were endless, you know, if if Nate was able to get back on track and really just, um, you know, wind up in the right spots, places that would embrace him and really bring him in and, and, uh, you know, allow him to be what he was and allow him to build back up and and get back to where he was. Um, He had some frustrations with some things. You could definitely see some things that he was hoping for that would work out that weren't. And again, you know, he had his ups and downs, you know, outside of the ring. Um, I, I just, I'm really, really happy that I got to interview the guy again. I, I have like a, you know, bucket list of, uh, of wrestlers and they're CZW wrestlers for the most part. It's all CZW guys, old, old fucking CZW veterans that I really want to interview. And, you know, Nate, Nate was one of those guys that I thought it was just never going to happen. He didn't have online presence. He didn't have any, I didn't know anybody who knew him or any shit like that. And, um, Mike Hamilton, really good fucking dude. That guy, um, he really did me a, a huge favor with hooking me up with Nate and, uh, you know, getting that shit done. I had contacted Nate. Nate was kind of on and off the internet for a while. And I'd contact him, and I didn't even really know if it was him. Because for a while, it was like, I'd send him a message, and he'd talk to me, chat with me, and then, like, say, yeah, yeah, we're going to do the show, da-da-da-da-da. And then, you know, never really got back to me. We never really made plans. It's not like he ever blew me off or anything like that. But it was like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we'll do something soon, man. Sure, I definitely want to do it, da-da-da. And then we never really got back to it and then he'd disappear offline for a while and um 
again, I, I, I was really kind of unclear on whether I ever really was talking to this dude. And then I saw him at NGI, at the, the first NGI, and he came up to me and he said, How, you know, how's your races going, man? That shit is impressive. The stuff you're doing out there is fucking great. I love that shit. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is clearly the dude I was talking to on fucking Facebook. And he was, he was actually actively following the stuff I was up to and stuff like that. And and I was like, wow, man, this, this is great. And it was it was great talking to the dude. And um, again, I, got, I was like, dude, you got to come on the show. Da, da, da. And it, it took a while. It took a while for him to finally, you know, come around to do it. He, he hadn't really done this type of shit before. Um, you know, it was, it was weird to a lot of people, man. You go way back to the fucking, uh, you know, the Justice Payne one, man. This shit is fucking eight years ago. I did not, that was one of the hardest interviews I ever had to, to get, um, he, he was not an easy guy to get at all. But, um, anyway, um, Mike ended up hooking it up and I, I can't thank him enough for that. You know, he, he's, he's really humble and he, he thanks me for doing it cause he said it meant a lot to him and it meant a lot to Nate. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's, it's very humbling to me because again, th- this is my, this is my, my magical period of wrestling is CZW. CZW in the 2000s, let's just put it that way. Because, you know, there there was some, you know, mid to late 2000s that really was on fucking fire too. But that period, you know, from 2001 till the fucking end of the 2000s there was the peak. And mainly that early, that that 010203 shit unfucking stoppable. And, you know, you had some roster changes and some different things here and there, but you got a lot of fucking, man, CZW's, uh, it's, it's timeline and the people who came through there is just incredible. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, again, it it was one of those guys I didn't think I was going to get to interview. I got to interview him. Um, I had a great time with it and, uh, I definitely didn't think that was going to be the last. And, uh, it's just such a shame. Keep losing, you know, a lot of big, big parts of, uh, you know, the things that would entertain me the most, you know, that, that old school CZW, that, that was my shit. That was my shit. A lot of the top fucking guys in there are gone. You know, Trent Acid, uh, you know, Brain Damage, JC Bailey, Chris Cash. I mean, these guys are gone. Fucking Nate Hatred. And I'm telling you right now, man, Nicky doesn't get his fucking shit right. Nicky's going to be gone, too. Obviously, the thing that happened to Nate has nothing to do with with any of that type of thing. But that motherfucker's writing his ticket off this motherfucker. I guarantee you that. And people could fucking, ah, LOL, uh, you know, Jay said he's going to die. You know, play games, play all the fucking games you want. Reserve your fucking seats for the fucking memorial show. Because if he doesn't get his shit together, he's out of here. That's that's the way addiction works. I ain't, I ain't looking, you know, to see the fucking hate club reunited on the other side just yet. It's, you know, it's such a shame to see these guys, you know. Again, these are the fucking superstars in my world as far as, 
you know, the wrestling that I found fucking the most entertaining. That fucking outlaw wrestling, that motherfucking, that real shit. You know, when you when you went there and fucking John Zander got on the mic, you were like, this is the bad motherfucker I'm behind. He'd get on the mic, this is fucking CZW. You don't fucking like it, get the fuck out of here. If you don't like the product we're putting down, go fuck yourself. That was that was the type of motherfucker I would get behind, and I'd be like, yo, this, this right here is the guy. You know, th- this is the fucking shit I'm supporting because... I, I fucking I, I love this fucking hard edge shit. This this bad motherfucker and the the type of people that he brought to your fucking to your face entertaining was your fucking Nate hatreds. That that's that's what the fuck he brought. That's what he brought to the table. That was entertainment. And I just I mean rest in peace, Nate. Definitely won't be forgotten in my eyes. And, uh, yeah, man. Just completely unexpected. And, uh, what, what more can I say? So, uh, I'm going to take a break. Come back. I got a lot of shit to cover on this motherfucker. Let me throw this Eminem track because we're going to talk about Eminem in a little bit. So, throw this old diss track. You buried, buried fucking, uh, Benzino and M. All right. Let me see. This motherfucker, man. Don't set up, will you? Talking about I owe you. Bitch, you owe me. I'm promoting you right now. Yo, let's put the nail in this coffin. I don't wanna be like this. I don't really wanna hurt no feelings. But I'm only being real when I say nobody wants to hear their grandfather rap. Nope. And old men have heart attacks. I don't want to be responsible for that So put the mic down and walk away You can still have a little bit of dignity I would never claim to be no Raven Tino An 83-year-old fake Pacino So how can he hold me over some balcony Without throwing his lower back out As soon as he goes to lift me Please don't, you'll probably fall with me And I'll ask the both be history But then again, you finally get your wish Cause you be all over the street like 50 <laughs> Fucking drunk pussy, fuck you, chump Give me a one-on-one, see if I don't fuck you up Try to jump the rough riders and they cut you up And you put Jada on a track, that's how much you suck Dick in the industry, swear that you in the streets hustling You sit behind a fucking desk at the sword butt-kissing And begging motherfuckers for guest appearances And you can't even get the clearances Cause real lyricists don't even respect you or take you serious It's not that we don't like you, we hate you, period Talk about a midlife crisis, damn Last week he was shaking Obi Trice's hand Now he's a buster? What the fuck's with that? Get on a track, kissing us, kissing 50's ass And asking me what I know about incitements Fight me, bitch, I got two cases And probation, fight me What do I know about standing in front of a judge Like a man ready to take whatever sentence he has What you know about your wife slicing a wrist Right in front of the only thing that you have in this world A little girl, and I put that on her When this is all over I would never try to make her a star and eat off her I don't know shit about no shopping rocks But what you know about it, pop shops, rocking spots Well, you're the only white boy up in that bitch just ripping Pressing up your own flyers and your stickers Sticking them bitches up after spending six hours at Kinko's Making copies of your covers of cassette singles To sell them 
I'm out of the trunk of your tracer Spending your whole paycheck to disc makers What you know about being bullied over half your life? Oh, that's right, you should know what that's like You're half white Vanilla ice, Philippines and rice I'm eating you alive inside Jesus Christ, if you're that much of a gangster Put the mic down You should be out killing motherfuckers right now Kill a motherfucker dead Kill him dead, bitch Shoot him in the fucking head Go ahead, bitch Slap my mom Slap the fuck out of her She can't sue you She wouldn't get a buck out of you Cause you broke as fuck You suck You're a fucking joke If you was really selling coke Well then what the fuck You stop for, dummy If you slew some crack You'd make a lot more money Than you do from rap You'll never have no security You'll never be famous You'll never know what it's like To be rich Like the bitch, ain't it, Raymond? Here, let me break this shit down And layman for you just to make sure that you can understand it. The candidates ain't using too many complicated fucking words for you. Yeah, let me slow it down for you so that you can understand if I say it slower. Let it go, dog, it's over. I don't wanna be like this. I don't really wanna hurt no feelings. But I'm only being real when I say nobody wants to hear their grandfather rap. Uh-uh. And old men have heart attacks. And I don't wanna be responsible for that. So the mic down and walk away you can still have a little bit of dignity <laughs> talking about i have motherfuckers calling your crib bitch you ain't even got a fucking crib you ain't even got a fucking phone fucking pump threatening to shut me down at your little fucking source magazine if i come back when you would attack you bitch you attack me first take it like a man shut the fuck up fuck your little magazine too Need your little fucking magazine. I got double XL number anyway. And y'all can't stand it because they get bigger than y'all. Oh. And by the way, how'd I look on the VMAs? When you was watching me from whatever fucking TV you was watching me from in Boston. The mean streets of Boston. Fucking sissy. Then you got a scam. Alright, let, let's just get into the Eminem shit. Let's break off of the fucking um the wrestling thing for now. We'll come back to Nick Gage and all of this other stuff. CCW and whatever. Um Eminem dropped the fucking surprise album. Kamikaze. Fucking classic album. Um I I'll just go through this whole fucking album, like uh, uh, fucking track one to, to track whatever the fuck. Um See, here's the thing, man, like, I, I was the first to criticize the, the last album, the, uh, fuck was the name of that, Revival, some shit, um, it was garbage, it was absolute garbage, it was full of features, poppy, um, sing-songy, the whole thing was just soft, it was fucking soft, and it wasn't, you know, the Eminem that, that I wanted to hear, I wanted, I wanted that, that rough shit, you know, um, Sometimes, you know, you're just not going to get that. Like it or not, you know, once you get to the the further end of a rapper's career, you're just not going to get that anymore. It's going to be more commercial. It's going to be a lot softer. It's not going to be that early shit that you're used to, that that you wanted to. Because, you know, realistically, 
when these rappers come up and they're hungrier and they, they don't have the money and the the fame and the millions of dollars and the, you know, no worries. When when you're actually scratching and clawing and trying to prove yourself, you're going to get a lot more hunger. You're going to get that fire out of people a lot more so than you will down the road once they have everything they could ever want. So it's hit and miss on if you're ever going to see that, that early that early shit again. I honestly liked his album. Two albums ago, it was like uh, the Marshall Mathers LP, I think. I liked that shit. I thought there was a lot of good shit on it. Um, I had that had Rap God on it. That was obviously, um, you know, the, his his big hit off of that. But he had a lot of bangers on that shit. I really thought that was a well put together album. Again, yeah, you had your 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 commercial type tracks things that were meant to, you know, uh, hit the radio and this and that, but some of those shits were bangers. Some of them shits were put together real well. I liked Rap God, and there was a lot of other shit on that album that I thought was just fucking legit. And, um, it just, it caught a lot of shit, and a lot of people, you know, go down that road of like, yeah, he hasn't put out a good album in five albums, and that's bullshit. That's complete bullshit. That's like when people tell you, like, oh, there hasn't been a good fucking... Uh, tournament of death for fucking 10 years like uh, really because the one with June Kasai was fucking amazing so how how are we talking about this like you know and and there's been more than that I'm not going into tournament of death um so let, let's just go into this fucking album straight up because this album was a response to that last bullshit album which is weird, and in one aspect, it's weird because, you know, and this is kind of why, like, I feel a little bit bad for Joe Budden until Joe starts talking too much, because um, I like Joe, but um, his his criticism I, on it, well, I thought was legit, um, you know, was more or less saying what I just said. Uh, Eminem took offense to it, but more or less came back with a fire fucking album to prove that he's still fucking legit. That he could still do it, that he could still go as fucking crazy, and and just his his lyrical ability is fucking amazing. M is absolutely one of the greatest rappers of all time, and honestly, I'm gonna say straight the fuck up and down. If you don't feel that nine times out of ten, the reason you don't feel that shit is because you're fucking racist. Because more times than not, the only people I see bashing Eminem, like, nah, fuck that shit, it's black people that are fucking upset with the fact that that he's out there. And and 50 said it himself. 50 said it himself in an interview. He said, hip-hop is black people's music. And a lot of black people out there are mad that there's a white dude out there spitting harder than the fucking, than black people. And, and it, it is what it is, man. Eminem is amazingly lyrically fucking talented. His ability is just fucking untouchable. When he gets fucking going and, and you he flexed his motherfucking nuts on this album, he showed his fucking lyrical ability. You know? It did this was um top notch fucking Eminem shit. This this album was an absolute classic. Um I think if you say anything other than that, you're being completely biased. Um you're not into the type of shit that I'm into if if you don't like this album, honestly. Um, 
So let's go front to back on this album. The Ringer. They set off this fucking album with The Ringer. The Ringer is an absolute fire track. This is where he really lays the fucking groundwork and he lets motherfuckers know that like, yo, I'm here to fucking show you what the fuck I can do. And he he starts off and he, he switches his flow up a lot on this album and really, again, explores like different, you know, lyrical styles to fucking show he could just do it all. And on this shit, he even goes into the choppy flow, says how he hates the choppy flow and shit. And he, he does it to show that, like, it's easy enough for him, but he hates that shit. And he just, he just goes in. He starts talking about the mumble rappers. He talks about the people who sleeping on him, people shitting on this and that. And he just goes in. I think the track is fucking absolute fire. Uh, track two is the greatest. Uh, that's the greatest track. It's not the greatest track as far as I'm concerned. It's all right. It's not, it's not terrible. I don't really think anything on this album is terrible. I really don't like the, the Venom song. But again, that's off a soundtrack. It's kind of meant to be a little bit more, uh, you know, tailored towards, um, you know, a vast audience or ears or, you know, what have you. Um, so I wasn't really a big fan of The Greatest. There's not a whole lot of replay value on that track for me. Um, Lucky You with Joyner Lucas. Fucking fire. This, this is crazy ass track absolutely crazy track um next track is a skit uh next track is normal it's called normal and uh it, it's like problems with chicks track he's got two of these type of joints on here and uh this one's all right i mean you, you can listen to it and stuff i don't think it has like a ton of replay value to me but it's it's a track you can listen to. You, you definitely get some entertainment value out of it. Again, I, I just think the songs are really well done. Um, so you you can go through it. And it's a whole you know thing that you know trials and tribulations of a relationship, and he wants a bitch to be normal and da da da. Um, another skit is the next one. Uh, Stepping Stone is track seven. Stepping Stone, again, isn't one of my favorite tracks, but this track serves the purpose of fucking putting a a nail in the coffin of D12. Explaining shit that happened and how he can't just fucking, like, hold these motherfuckers' hands and how, like, you know, he, he, he hoped for this and that, but how the group fell apart when Proof died and shit just kind of didn't go well with that and, um... You know, just just overall, like, kind of explains the finale of D12 just being being over, and, and he put the fucking stamp on that shit. Like, it's it's over. Like, we're not done as friends, but that fucking D12 is fucking done. It's over. So, um, you know, I thought this definitely served its fucking purpose because I mean, he put a stamp on that shit. Uh, next track is not a like. Uh, this this is another fire track to me. He he hit a lot of motherfuckers on this. Um, this got Royce to five nine on it, which is you know one of his his longest running uh, cats to duo with on on tracks. Um, Royce has always been fucking nice. He's been putting out nothing but fire lately too. The couple albums he's been doing, uh, the Book of Ryan and um, the the fucking the Prime stuff with with, um, with uh, Premier. I mean, it, it just crazy shit, and they, the lyrical content is, is insane on this track, um, next track is Kamikaze, 
which is, you know, the title track on this. Um, not my favorite, not my favorite uh, track. This was all right. You know, again, you could see the lyrical content in there. He goes some stuff, but it, it just, it wasn't, it's not going to be like a heavy rotation joint at all. Um, next track is Fall. And this is somewhat of like a, um, one of his more commercial also strike back at motherfuckers track on this. You know, this is, this is where he really, uh, uh, by the way, the, the, um, the not alike is, is where he goes at, um, um, MGK and shit. Um, fall, he goes at a bunch of people. I think he had Joe Budden on this one and, uh, you know, a couple people on this one, but this was a good track. I like this track. Uh, he's got like a video for it and everything already. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good track. Um, Nice guy with uh, Jesse Reyes. This is another like trials and tribulations with chi- you know with the chick type track, but this to me is a banger. Like he takes you on some shit where where the chick starts singing you're such a nice guy da 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 da, and then it just breaks down. And it's like suck my dick, <laughs> you mother. It's like that shit is crazy. The breakdown is fucking bananas. Like it just goes from fucking zero to sixty. The shit goes like. You think they're going like an R&B kind of smooth singing this and that. And then it just fucking cuts from there to beat drops. And he just goes on some dirty shit. It's wild, man. I really like that fucking track. Um, Good Guy, again, not my favorite track. Is that right? Um, And then it closes with that Venom track, which is uh, from the, the Venom movie. So, um, again, not not as, uh, as thorough as... Um, you know the, the some of the other shit that you see on there, but this this album was fucking fire. Like those, like if you just put fucking um, Ringer, Lucky You, Not Alike, Fall, and Nice Guy on your fucking playlist, they, you shouldn't have anything to fucking complain about with that. And and honestly, that that's what you're gonna get out of an album. If you can get that many tracks out of an album, that album's a fucking success. That album's an absolute success. If you can go in there and grab that many tracks, put it in your fucking playlist, and not be like, oh, not this fucking shit again. Like it, to me, all of that shit is banging. All of that shit. So um, that that's my opinion on that. Now MGK came out like fucking two days later, full video, all of this. Now, there's a lot of talk about, you know, this could be a setup. This could be all a work. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if it's a work. I don't give a fuck if it's not a work. I think this is great for hip-hop. I think for these cats to be starting to fucking just throw fire at each other, this is the type of shit I want, man. This is the type of shit I've always looked forward to. Battle rap. Real, real shit, man. Where, like, two motherfuckers come out and just start throwing real fucking personal shit at each other and mgk like you know i I gotta fucking agree with bizarre for probably the first time ever because i've never liked bizarre i always thought he was garbage but um but man he said some shit he's just as simple as fuck was like yeah i i like that mgk track man he threw fucking the best shit i've ever heard him do 
He must have fucking sat down there all night and wrote the best fucking possible bars he could ever write in his life and put out the best fucking thing he could ever put out. But boy. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, but boy. Whew. <laughs> yeah, Eminem, I mean, he's going to come back. He's going to come back fucking real, man. Like, this, that dude's fucking bars are scathing, man. That M is one of the best battle rappers of all time. Let's, let's not get it fucked up. Let's not pretend like he didn't fucking smash legitimate rappers over and over through his career. This is what he's been about. He's been about this. This is right up his fucking alley. So, um... This is this is what you're gonna get out of him, and I think it's great. Now, Joe Budden. Joe Budden went on his fucking show, his podcast, and he started off more or less saying, "Oh, you know, I'm retired, so ain't ain't shit there, ain't, ain't gonna happen, whatever," which is kind of a cop out because, like, you know, if you're just gonna look, man, if you want to stop making albums or some shit like that. I get it, but, like, come on, man. When it comes to shit, like, his son threw a fucking diss track at him, which, believe me, is going to come up in the Eminem shit. Uh, Eminem's probably going to wind up doing a collab with his fucking son, burying him. Um, So, his son threw a fucking diss track at him. He couldn't, like, just for fun hop in the studio, throw some fire at his fucking son, get that shit popping, get, get, you know, get a bunch of eyeballs on Joe Budden's versus son right quick and then fucking fade back into the distance and let his son shine. Yeah. You know I mean, like it, it makes all the sense in the world that, you know, just, just do that type of shit and go back and forth with him. And that, that's the type of shit that brings eyes to shit that that's what hip hop is fucking missing. You can talk all the shit you want about. You don't like this one or you don't like that one, or this is, this is corny. And why you got the fuck out of here, man? This, this is what, and, um, actually, I want to go back real quick before we start talking about the Joe Budden thing, but um, Oz Tyler, uh, former On Point Wrestling uh, champion, he speaks a lot on hip hop on uh, on his page, and um, he had said some shit, saying, "Oh, you know, it's fucking corny for him to be going at all these these rappers and shit because those rappers ain't gonna fucking respond. They they're not good enough to rap with Eminem, so." It doesn't make sense for him to go with these targets that can't even fucking come back and this and that. And I highly disagreed. My reason for disagreeing is, look, man, uh, in the history of rap, when KRS or this guy or that guy, not even talking about actual battle rapping, I'm talking about just the way the lines were pitched and the way that people would rap, they would rap about whack rappers or this, whack rappers or this. I do this, but whack rappers do that. That was like the punchline was like putting down just even hypothetically whack rappers. Now, so many people agree that this mumble rap is the wackest fucking rappers we've ever fucking heard. It's some bullshit. So I don't give a fuck what anybody says. They might not be talented enough to come back with Eminem. Good. I want M. I want every fucking real rapper that's in this fucking business to put shame to those motherfuckers because those motherfuckers are allowed to exist and make millions of dollars in real rappers fucking house. The people that 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 do rap and rap the way the fucking rap was intended to and put down hard fucking tracks and put down motherfucking bangers. 
and, and, and follow the footsteps of the fucking people who built this shit. And they got to sit back and watch these motherfuckers make millions over, like, bird noises and shit. And, and mumbling and bird noises and fucking crazy-ass hair. Fucking rainbow-bright fucking My Little Pony hair and fucking teeth and shit. And, like, I don't give a fuck what anybody says, yo. That 6 9 dude is trash. Absolute trash. You put on that fucking... There's a new track uh, with Casanova, Uncle Murder, and 50, and then that fucking guy. Go get the strap. Banging fucking track. You know what sounds like shit on that fucking track? That 6 9 dude. Fuck that motherfucker. He says suck my dick like 12 times in like a fucking... Like a half a verse. That's all he's got is like half a fucking verse. And he, he like, makes noises and goes, suck my dick, and your mama's sucking my dick, and uh, your mama's lips, and suck my, ah, 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 ah. And it's like, what the fuck is this, man? Get this motherfucker out of here. I want every real rapper to target, put targets on these motherfuckers' heads and lyrically embarrass them every chance you get. Yeah, don't, don't anybody step up and be, yo, they can't battle back, that's not fair. Get the fuck out of here. You don't let people exist in your fucking industry and make the fucking money that you would be making. If suddenly there's a whole nother part of your genre that's making a shitload of money without any fucking talent, you're supposed to not take offense to that shit? Fuck that, man. Get these motherfuckers out of here. So, I am more than fucking happy to hear Eminem fucking target some of these motherfuckers. By all means. All rappers, step up and get these motherfuckers out of here. Make motherfucking fans feel like like jerk-offs. Make, make the fucking, the, the people who are listening to them feel like jerk-offs. Because another dude just pushed that dude down a fucking flight of stairs and you're rocking his shit like he's a badass. Someone just stuffed fucking 6 9 in a locker. And, and little Yachty and little fucking whatever the other motherfuckers. Someone just stuffed that motherfucker in a locker, and he, he's mumbling because his book bag is stuck in front of his fucking face. That That's what the fuck, and, and then you're going to like, yo, I'm going to rock with his style. All right, good. Just just remember when 50 stuck him in the fucking locker. Yeah. And, and 50, I mean, come on, 50's piggybacking off of 6 9 and shit because he's money. He's making money, and 50's, 50's a businessman, and he likes trolling too. So he's fucking with this dude half his trolling. He doesn't think this dude is fucking legit. He doesn't think this dude's a great rapper. Come on. This is, you know, that dude went on the radio himself and said, yo, I'm making money not even doing shit. Like, yo, I said this line. Yo, what the fuck does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. Like, that's just, like, that doesn't make it cool to me. Just because he knows he's doing garbage. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't like these motherfuckers. And, um, I'm glad, you know, that, that the people are going at their head. So anyway, uh, Joe Budden, um, he had talked pretty much the same type of shit that I talked about it. But obviously he's got a big forum, so, you know, it got Eminem's attention. Em hit him with a line saying, uh, the closest Joe Budden's ever had to a hit is smacking bitches. Now look, um, man, there's a couple avenues I want to go. Um, I think Joe, Joe was right to say what he said about the album. Because it was the same shit everybody else said about the album. Um, so M, you know, is going to go at him because he was a guy with a big forum that was talking shit. And, um, you know, so, I mean, that I, I guess that's just going to be what it's going to be. Um, 
Joe went into a whole thing talking about how Slaughterhouse was handled wrong. I agree. I agree with the things he was saying about Slaughterhouse being handled wrong. And I can also say, if Eminem is handling the group Slaughterhouse, and as Joe said, man, they, they tried their ass off to get a fucking feature from Eminem, couldn't even get it done. And, like, that's supposed to be his group. That's supposed to be his, his dudes, you know? He's, he's putting these guys on. And uh, can't, can't get a fucking feature. So when M comes out and says the closest you ever had to a hit is smacking bitches, well, maybe part of that's on him. Because Slaughterhouse was on his fucking label. So if you couldn't turn a big-ass hit out of this super group that you had, that, that might not be only to his discredit. That might be a little bit to yours as well. And again, like, I, I am Team M all day on this shit because, you know, I mean, when it comes to the, the lyrical side of things, you, you already know what the fuck's going to happen. Um, But then, you know, Joe gets on some wild shit and starts saying, I'm better than you. I've been better than you for the past decade. And, you know, he said, like, the past 10 years I've put out better lyrical content because I was saying shit and you weren't saying shit you were just rhyming words which I don't agree with I really don't agree with um so you're saying like not afraid had no substance to it yeah I mean he put out a lot of tracks that had a lot of fucking meaning you didn't have to fucking like the meaning but they had a lot of fucking meaning to it you know what I mean um Joe Budden he he He's not as good as he fucking thinks. Um, he might be. He might be an alright rapper, but like at a slaughterhouse, do you really think he's in in the top two? Who do you know anybody who thinks Joe Budden was the nicest dude in slaughterhouse, other than Joe Budden? Joe Budden probably the only one that thinks that. There's no way he's a better rapper than Royce. Joel Ortiz is way nicer than Joe Budden. Thing about Joe is Joe could tell a story. Joe could create a rhyme. Joe could do the. Joe doesn't have that that clever that punchline, that that scathing, fucking punch to his rap. He's got a pretty basic voice that doesn't really jump out at you. He doesn't have like an aggression to his voice. And when it comes to like I said, the punchlines and the creativity, it just isn't there. It just isn't there. He's not a terrible rapper by any stretch of the imagination, but if we're going to put him up against people, Joe's going to lose a lot of times. And Joe talks about it like he's some kind of legendary battle rapper. Like he said many times, Joe, I'll wash that dude up. I'll wash that dude up. Since when was you washing anybody up? Like, I don't know if this dude used to work at a fucking daycare and was washing motherfuckers up or, uh, you know, what... Oh, I'll, I'll clean that dude up. I don't know if he used to be a barber. He was cleaning motherfuckers up that way. But, um, I mean, he battled Ransom. I, I mean, I don't remember a single fucking line or track from that whole battle. He he battled, um, he battled game. He lost that. I remember the fucking game. I don't remember the fucking button track. I remember the fucking game track because he had the fucking, he, he, he redid like the colors joint. He did it on the fucking colors beat and it said buttons, buttons. Buttons. <laughs> this shit was dope. And he fucking he ripped them apart, man. Game was lighting motherfuckers up. I I'll put game up there as a dude that could battle rap with a lot of motherfuckers. 
and even game said, yo, like even when I was battling with fifties, like I stayed the fuck away from the white boy. Like that's that's not <laughs> that's not a dude you wanna tussle with. You know? Um, it's real weird to to have this this thought like, yeah, I'll fucking I'll rip him apart and he's like, You ain't gonna bring me out of retirement. I'm the I'm the better MC and you ain't gonna bring me out of retirement with just a domestic violence bar. You better you better come you better come with something strong and when you do and you, you do it outside of your album rollout, when you do, I'm gonna light you the fuck up. Like he he's on some wild shit right there. But hey man, I could not be happier to see this type of shit popping off because this is what hip hop needs. Hip hop needs real MCs to be battling while these motherfuckers are off mumbling in the corner. And and then fucking looking like we don't even fit in that crowd over there that look like two fucking gladiators fighting and we're over here you know thumb wrestling and shit that that's the fuck i want to see man that brings my motherfucking eyebrows up like oh shit here we go i'm all about it man i i I love it so um and i and i do think joe's gonna put out a, a good diss track i really do I'm not I'm not gonna discount him and just be like, oh, he ain't gonna say shit worth saying. No, he's he's and he's got some anger. Like he's he's pretty mad about the way that the shit went down when he was on the label and this and that, and he didn't really feel that like M was a superior this and that. And uh But he, he he's gonna get fucking lit up. You know. When when dust settles and all said and done. Um while we're talking hip hop, fuck, um Nicki Minaj's album. I want to talk about that real quick. This ain't going to be an uh, track-to-track breakdown, that type of thing. This isn't that type of uh, album to me. This is the type of album where, you know, I listened to once, and I skipped over some stuff, some of the R&B stuff, and I thought it was good. I thought it was good for what Nicki Minaj is. And I've seen Nicki go several different paths, and some of the paths she went to me is complete trash. Uh, I've heard her do some hard street type shit, and I'm like, okay, here she go. And um, I, I've heard where she tries to be British, she tries to be Cookie Monster, she tries to be a lot of different shit that sounds fucking crazy. It doesn't sound like a rap song anymore. It sounds like she's fucking playing make believe. And, and one minute she's she's the Queen of England, and the next minute she's fucking Cookie Monster and shit. And it's just it's fucking weird. It's not like hot. It, that's not dope. So this for what Nicki Minaj is, and again, like I can't like I can't regularly rock a Nicki Minaj album. That's not on the playlist and shit. But when I listen to it, I'm like, okay, yeah, this this track is good. She's fucking flowing on this track. This track is solid. Um, the next track she's got, she's got an R&B track, this one, and, and this, you know, she's singing her ass off, you know, I didn't really pay attention that much to know that Nicki Minaj could actually sing, but she's, she's singing some shit, and, and she's got some shit that's got some good beats to it, and she fucking, she throws down some good fucking rap on it, I think Remy Ma kind of put her in her place, and made her step up, like stop with the gimmicky voices and shit like this, because motherfuckers will come at your fucking head and make you look stupid, and I think that kind of put her back on focus. Like, all right, let me just make fucking music. So, um, again, it, it, it can't be some shit in my rotation. But it's some shit that I can recognize as actually, it's good. It's good for what she does, you know. Um, and she even put a Foxy track on there. Brought Foxy Brown back on a fucking track. So, um, 
Yeah, so I mean, if if you're into Nicki Minaj type shit, like the shit she she was when she came out and got all that fucking attention initially, this is the type of shit you want to go pop pop into, you know. Um, what else? Um, I think that's all I got for rap. Let's talk about let's talk about the gauge thing. All right. Now, Nick Gage was IWA Mid-South World Champion. He was supposed to be, I think, in Milwaukee the one night and defend it against uh, Dysfunction. And the next night, he was supposed to be in, uh, I think, you know, wherever IWA regularly runs. And I think he was going to be up against Michael Elgin that night, I believe. I could be wrong on the second defense if he was going to be against Elgin. I'm pretty sure, though. Um, So... Nick Gage isn't there. Uh, a lot of talk, a lot of rumors, a lot of this, a lot of that. Um, to the best of my ability, I found out what happened, and I'll tell you who I blame for it. Um, this is a thing, man. You know, when a lot of this type of shit happens, people just automatically pick a side. They either say, I'm a really big Nick Gage fan, so I'm just going with whatever the fuck he said fuck Ian, or they go, well, I'm an IWA guy, fucking Nick must be at fault, here's what I fucking think, I like to look at all situations and actually figure out what I feel is the truth, what I think is reality, and take it as that, so from what I hear is is what happened, because uh, he missed the show on whatever it was, Thursday or Friday, and then the, the one the next day, which was again, Friday or Saturday. They stripped him on day two of the world title. Michael Elgin's the new champion. Um, what I had heard happen was Ian bought a plane ticket and Nick Cage never got on the plane. Now, the, the further story that I heard about that was that Nick Cage wanted a ticket for Philly Airport. He got a ticket for Newark Airport. Um, supposedly that wasn't good for him because that was an hour and a half away from his house and he wasn't going to be able to get a ride because he doesn't have a car. Um, I guarantee you there was a huge price difference between the two airports. And as far as I'm concerned, that's unacceptable. Completely unacceptable for Nick Gage not to find a way an hour and a half away from his fucking house. When, when, you, when you look at the wrestling business and you see that people are driving fucking 14 hours to IWA. People are driving 14, 20 hours to shows to get there. They're carpooling, they're fucking in together. You got a you know, quarter of the card packed into one fucking car traveling hours upon hours upon hours upon hours to get there you got a promoter flying you in and say what you want to say but this is ian rotten the guy that you know really doesn't have the fucking money doesn't really do well on houses and he's flying you in because you're his world champion and that's what he's fucking you're worth now you might not be able to pick the fucking airport but to say that your travel time is going to be an hour and a half that that has to be something you get done. 
Brett's his fucking boy. Brett's his fucking guy. He's, he's fucking rolling with the fucking GCW money. And, you know, uh, GCW's all successful and this and that. He's fucking one half head trainer to fucking uh, GCW compound, this and that. He He can't get an hour and a half from his fucking house. That's out of the question for him to travel an hour and a half as a professional wrestler when Ian is fucking paying for the flight. How is that possible? How is that humanly fucking possible? And how is that acceptable? It's not. As far as I'm concerned, it's absolutely not acceptable for Nick Gage to not take the fucking flight that is an hour and a half away when you got people driving half a fucking day straight to fucking get there. Period. And that that's just how I feel about it. I feel he's 100% at fault. And again, you, you can look at what the fuck he looks like. He, this this dude is out there with fucking basketball shorts and fucking tights that are that are getting loose on him. Underneath the basketball shorts, you tell me what the fuck's going on with this dude? Cause he he's not looking like the fucking dude he came out like. He he was even you know a couple months back he was wearing fucking jean shorts, and and, and that's it. Now he's wearing fucking tights under the shorts, and it's not like legit like old school Nick Gage's fucking tights with the fucking. That, you know, that, that fucking stripe that, uh, you know, it was like a kind of like a sharp stripe, like a spike down the, down the leg, like a big triangle, like fucking arcing triangle type shit going down his fucking leg. This isn't that. This is like I got some Under Armour pants underneath the motherfucking, <laughs> underneath the motherfucking, uh, the basketball shorts and shit. This is what I'm wrestling Sabu in. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on, man? So, I don't know, man. Bad shit's going on with him. Straight up. You could be blind to it. You tell me he looks good today, this and that. He looked, he looked bad in New York, but he looks good today. Uh, that's not the way addiction works, bro. He's either gonna go get fucking help at a fucking rehab, get his ass fucking straight and you'll see the fucking difference. You'll see the difference when he's getting better. It's not going to be day to day. That's that's not the way addiction works. As far as uh, you know, one one week he looks good and one week he doesn't. I mean, you'll have up and ups and downs as far as you know how you're regulating that shit you you on. But you ain't gonna suddenly look healthy. That that's not the way it's gonna. So, um, what the fuck else? Uh, CZW. Uh, Ticket comps. So, um, heard about this shit, and I got sent this thing from somebody, a good source. And when I initially got sent it, it was sent from a screen cap from Imager, which I don't know what the fuck that is. I think it's another social media thing of some sort or another. It was first uh, sent by Maven Bentley on on Imager, and it was the same exact verbiage as what I'll read to you here. Ladies and gentlemen, as you may be aware, live attendance at the shows has been going down. The good news is our streaming service is gaining more subscribers. It is a fair trade-off, but we want to ensure that the shows look fun on video. I'm going to say from now until November, if you have friends or family that would not buy a ticket, we can comp 
anyone you would know who will scream and holler like they're having the time of their lives. Just send me the names so I can put them on the list. I am seeing this trend in most of the big companies and with great streaming services, so digital footage will most likely be in our future. Now, um, this was not on Maven Bentley's main page. It was not on his page. Um, so I did a little bit of figuring out and everything and then talking to people. I didn't really figure anything out for myself. I asked a few people who asked a few other people. And uh, because then the next day I started getting screen caps from it on the Facebook. And again, if you go to Maven Bentley's Facebook, it's not there. People like Bob McGee. Bob McGee is a big, big CCW defender. Um, very anti-GCW guy. Again, look, I, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I, I hate the owners of GCW. I'll tell you they're putting on a far, far better product, but I do not like the fucking owners at all. Not any, not, not the slightest fucking bit. Um, DJ, I think is an arrogant piece of shit. I really do. I, at this point, I, I really feel like he's earned the failure that he's getting at CZW right now. Um, I, I think he's had ample, ample time to listen to what the fans want. And he arrogantly turned his fucking back on them. And pretty much said, this is my company. In, in these exact words, he said, this is my company, and I'm going to do what I feel I want to do, and I, I'm going to take the direction I want to take. And it's arrogant. For a long time, CCW had no competition. There was no alternative to the, to the, the rough CCW image that the fans had fell so deeply in love with. So if DJ decided to completely abandon that image altogether, any tiny little inkling you would see of that is what the fans would have to settle for. The fans would have to settle for whatever small amount of what they used to love that they got. That, that, that's all you get. Like, oh, you like sandwiches? Well, I'm just going to rip off a piece of the crust and you can have that or you'll have nothing. That's more or less what fucking CCW was doing. Um, so, it, and, you know, GCW showed up, they filled the fucking void, they gave the fans everything they wanted and more, and, and, and that's, that's, that's what's happening to CCW, and people blatantly walked away and said, I am leaving and going over there, and DJ went, well, that's what you want, and they fucking walked. I mean, people who were, uh, Michael Adecchio, who was in the ring, getting fucking shots handed to him, and, and birthday chops, and all this other shit that looked like garbage on fucking film. Garbage on film. Because unless you're that local fucking uh, loyal fan base, you don't know who the fuck this guy is. But he's, he's on fucking tape having like the fucking, you know, Chuck E. Cheese party at DJ's fucking expense on fucking DVD, on fucking uh, VOD, whatever the case, streaming. And... That fucking guy picked his shit up and walked away. That fucking guy. People who were buying $85 fucking track jackets with CZW on it walked the fucking way and didn't come back. And DJ just that that is what it is. Matt Tremont walked away. Joey Janela walked away. I don't like the guy. I don't think he's worth shit as a trainer. Preacher walked away. He's fucking training for Matt Tremont now. A lot of fucking people walked away. 
It's a sinking fucking ship. It's very, very clear. Now, um, so anyway, um, as far as um, the the legitimacy of this, I've heard that this was actually put up in uh, more or less like a students-only group, uh, workers-students-only group, and it wasn't supposed to go out to the public. It was supposed to go out to people who worked there, and it leaked because people don't respect CZW. Even the people who work for CZW don't respect CZW. There might be a few people who do, but overall, it it doesn't have... Most of the people will sit there and talk to you and tell you, like, yeah, yeah, fucking... No, DJ's a good guy, this and this, and then as soon as, like, no one else is around, it's like, he's a fucking asshole. We keep trying to tell him what to do, and he just fucking... He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. He's just gonna fucking bury this company. Like, we know, like, dude, I want to see it too, but, like, I don't know, man. You just can't get through to him. Like, I don't know how many times over the years that, like, I'd have wrestlers fucking talking to me like that and talking to other people like that. You'd go to a fucking show, and you'd talk to the fucking wrestler after the show, and and be like, dude, what the fuck, man? Why aren't they doing this? He's like, fucking tell me about it. That That's the attitude. That's the aura that has been for a fucking probably a decade, close to a decade in CZW. When DJ has been running it, that's what it's been. It's been this, 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 uh, you know, I'm cool, DJ, da, 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 and then as soon as no one else is around, it's a fucking asshole, doesn't know what he's doing, and it's been years of that, and that that's what happened, so that's why that type of shit leaks, I believe it's 100% fucking legit, and, and you look at the fucking houses, you look at the fucking houses on the VOD, DVD, whatever the fuck, you go be one of the fucking under 200 people that now show up to CZW when they were fucking packing fucking houses back in the day. Best of the best are fucking looking thin. Tournament of death, you might get some fucking people flying from here, from there, from wherever, but you ain't getting a fucking thousand people in the cage of death anymore the way they used to in the past. For a couple, for a little stretch, man, every year you got a thousand people in the fucking building for cage of death. Not anymore. Not anymore. That's not what you get now. It's uh, it's a sinking fucking ship. Now, as far as you, you know, th- this uh, this little email, this little uh, post, this little whatever the fuck call to action. Um, first off, what a slap in the face to the fucking under two hundred people that are still dumb enough to show up there and pay the fucking money to be in that fucking crowd. That they're just gonna comp people to fucking be trained seals and fucking bark and clap. Like it's the greatest thing ever. Um, also, to say that your streaming service is doing well is a is a drastic, drastic fucking uh, exaggeration. It has to be. I, I obviously have no access or knowledge of your actual numbers, but let let's be absolutely fucking real about CZW and and what they're fucking doing. They. For the longest time, again, I, I don't know if I'm completely up to speed on what's happening to them month to month, but for the longest time, High Spots was getting the same fucking feed that CZW was putting out on their service. So on High Spots, you would get PWG, you would get fucking, I think, AIW, um, you would get a lot of fucking top, top fucking companies, and you would get CZW's shows as well. On CZW... You would get CZW, CZW Studios, you would get CZW, you would get WSU, 
you get a pro wrestling fuckery from Hollywood. And, and maybe like a, another handful of fucking shows that no one gives a fuck about and would not specifically sign up for any of those other companies. None of them. And then there's a, a large fucking portion of people now, too, that have Powerbomb TV, which is another streaming service which covers Beyond and IWA Mid-South and a lot of fucking companies out there. But to say that CZW streaming service is doing amazing, I think is, is a large oversight because even that, uh, not even oversight, it's just an exaggeration. It's just, um, it's just trying to talk up the best of your ability. What might be the straw you're grasping at as this fucking ship goes down. And the, the thing, um, that I think you're trying to do, you're obviously trying to do, Make it look awesome, like the place to be on DVD. So, holy shit, please, someone will finally show up to these fucking shows. Because if they see on the VOD that it looks awesome, maybe they'll show up. Because, again, I really don't think that your $10 a month is equating for $20 a ticket. I think, you know, when you can have three people in one house on one $10 a month subscription, I don't think that pays for what would be $60 in tickets at general admission. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that streaming services at $10 a month are not going to equal a packed house. And you're not sweeping the nation and really getting that many subscriptions as opposed to what you, you know, could be bringing in if you were packing a fucking house, selling merch, and that type of thing. That's that's my opinion. I, I just don't... I, I, I think it's um, a drastic fucking um, exaggeration to be saying anything different, so... Um, that, that's my, my personal opinion on the, uh, the whole CCW thing. I mean, look, the main event, their, their, um, their big, uh, ladder match is Johnny Silver and Alex Reynolds. They, they fucking, the Beaver Boys broke up like fucking three, four years ago in CCW. This is their blow off three, four years later at the fucking Chris Cash Memorial show. Okay. So. You know, uh, it just it is what it is with CZW. This this is they've earned their fucking failure. Um, so, um, Lefisto, uh bred her cat. She she had uh, posted something on the Instagram. Oh, I'm a grandmama now. She's got a Persian. This fucking pregnant and it, it's had babies. I don't know why every fucking Canadian with a Persian feels the need to breed their fucking cat. We don't need more cats bred by random motherfuckers in their house. We don't. I know you might think it's cute and this and this. Um, I work in an animal shelter. Hundreds of thousands of animals, of cats and dogs, but hundreds of thousands of cats are euthanized every fucking year because they don't have homes. Friendly cats, cats that could be worked with, kittens, seniors, Persians, Siamese, you fucking name it. Euthanized all over the fucking country. All over the world, I'm sure Canada has the same problem. We don't need you breeding your fucking cat in your house. 
So, um, I don't think it's cute. I don't want to see your fucking kitten puppy fucking pictures because your, your, your animal just gave birth in your fucking house. I should, I personally think there should be a limit on the amount of breeders that are, that are allowed in a state and anybody outside of that should have to fix their animals. It's not, it's not better for your animal to be unfixed as, as your animal gets older, you know, you, you face all sorts of health problems with their, you know, their, their uterus and the different, that the, the chances of cancer are raised quite a bit in a lot of organs and animals if they're not fixed. There's a lot of different things that can happen um, and, you know, jeopardize your cat's health if uh, they're not fixed. And again, it's just a selfish, like, oh, my God, my cat had babies or whatever. So, obviously, you got a fucking unneutered male cat probably spraying all over your fucking house like an idiot. It's just, it's it's irresponsible bullshit. And I don't know why, like, every, it seems like every Canadian with a fucking Persian from Teddy to fucking Lefisto got to breed their fucking cats. I just, I don't get it. Um, so I don't like that. Um, I got more chickens. Uh, just an update on, on what I had, uh, talked about and I gave you the whole breakdown. I went back to the farm, uh, the egg farmer and, uh, I, I rescued another four. So I'm up to 10 chickens now. Um, egg production starting to pick up a little bit over there. I got, um, uh, there, when I went there the first time, there was two white ones and he said, the white ones ain't for sale. And then, all right. Uh, so now this time I was looking around and I said, uh, you know, the white ones, the, uh, cause he said the, he said the brown ones are just browns and the, uh, everything else is Americano they're 25. And, and I'm like, all right, well, uh, are the white ones something different? And he said, the white ones are 30. So I was like, oh, shit, because first off, I didn't even know the white ones were available. And then I didn't even get, like, really a breed specific on them. It was just white ones at 30. So I said, all right, well, uh, I'll take her then. <clears throat> and um, she's she's awesome. She's such a friendly bird. And um, she's actually a Delaware. Because I did, uh, did some research after I got these birds home. And one of the, as he said, they, that's a brown that's 20 bucks, and he said, they're all just, all oh, the brown is a brown. Well, they're not just the fucking brown, because the, uh, the one that he sold me 20 bucks for a brown is a buff Orpington, which is a buff version of my Jubilee Orpington, which she's like my, I guess you'd call my prize hen. She's, um, I got her, she's a special breed hen, and, uh, she's beautiful, and, uh, she was 60 bucks. You know, so this, this buff Orpington was pretty much the same type of chicken, only like a buff color. The roosters were fucking him up pretty bad, or her up pretty bad. So she's missing a whole bunch of feathers. But within the next couple months, she's really going to fill in. Um, and she's, you know, that buff color and shit. She's, she's really pretty and um, she's a big chicken. So she's great. Uh, the other one's great. Uh, you know, the white one. I got another one who's uh, supposedly an Americano. She might be an actual, um, they call them Easter Eggers. Uh, that's what she might be. And uh, there's all sorts of different breeds. I'm learning a lot more about chickens through, uh, you know, research now that i am gotten them. And I'm, I'm all in, as they say. Um, but, um, yeah, and um, she she looks like a little hawk. And then I got another one who's another, uh, just a brown, you know, and, uh, she's 
It's like a, a more of a reddish, you know, a darker reddish or whatever. So I got my crew. I got my 10 there. Again, if anyone wants to, I'm sure he had about 30 left last week. If anyone does, uh, you know, have the ability to keep chickens and wants to, uh, you know, maybe go by there and rescue a couple, by all means, hit me up. I'll give you this guy's number. You can contact him, get his address, go by there, and, you know, fucking from 20 25 bucks, you know, that, uh, you get a brown, you get a Americano, and uh, actually the one I got, um, she's a gold lace Wyandotte, and I, I saw on the one chicken page, Someone's like, oh, my hen just won fucking first place at the fair or whatever. She's a gold lace Wyandotte. And I'm like, holy shit, that looks exactly like a fucking bird I bought from him. That's an Americano. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, so I have a gold lace Wyandotte. Um, so that's cool. Um, yeah, um, again, I'm enjoying these guys. I think they're fucking great. They're really, really smart. Um, you know, they have their standard diet of your, uh, you know, your laying pellet as well as uh cracked corn. They have um uh granite grit, which is crazy. They eat like rocks more or less. It's like a like a fine rock, granite rock, and uh they eat that and they take that into their uh their crop, which is like the little area down in their chest, like in their right or, right below their throat. And that helps break down their food, more or less, you know, it's part of the digestion process. And they get, like, that grit in there that rustles around with their fucking food. And that breaks shit down, and that allows them to digest things. And it's, like, a crucial part of their digestion. Sometimes they can get it from the ground. But if your your soil is a little sandy, which I do have somewhat of, like, a gray, sandy soil in my backyard. So just to be safe, I, I got them some of the, the granite grit. Uh, put it in a bowl and they they fucking take it in as they need it. Um, but yeah, they they will get that from the ground naturally and stuff. And they'll they'll look for the little rocks and granite and or not specifically granite, but you know little rocks and things. And and they take that in and it's part of their digestion, so they don't get blocked up or anything like that. So uh, pretty interesting shit. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said, I'm getting way into this. But beyond like their their regular diet, the motherfuckers eat all sorts of shit. I gave them some fucking rice and green beans, like, uh, were left over from, uh, dinner to one night. They went fucking crazy. Um, I got, like, two or three of them that I go out there with, like, a handful of Wheaties and shit. These motherfuckers go bananas. Like, fuck, they peck the shit out of that shit. Uh, they eat a lot of different things, and, uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, they go out there and give them treats, and they fucking follow you around, and they're really into it. Um, they're, they're really cool animals. Um... And then, uh, I don't think I got anything really much else. Uh, Elvin from the fucking Cosby show, man. They're shaming this fucking guy because he was out there bagging groceries at Trader Joe's. Meanwhile, fucking Cliff Huxtable's over there bagging bitches with pills. with fucking... <laughs> so, like, yo, I would way rather be bagging fucking groceries than be where the fuck Bill Cosby's at right now. Um, you know, I mean, shit, man. You can't expect this whole fucking crew... From every fucking show that you remember to just be filthy fucking rich. This motherfucker's working, ain't there ain't shit wrong with that. I'd rather see him fucking working than out there like smoking crack or or, or you know, fucking living under a bridge or some shit. Shit dude's in fucking good health. He's going, he's fucking working a job. There's nothing fucking wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Some shit wrong with what the fuck Bill was up to. You know? 
So that, that you know, it is what it is. Um, what else we got? Anything else? I think that's about it. Um, fucking football has begun, goddammit. Um, the fucking Eagles got lucky again last night. Bullshit game. Julio misses another fucking catch. Uh, Matt Ryan fucking threw that, like, garbage. But fucking Matt Ryan lands that fucking pass in the end zone to Julio again. And the fucking Eagles lose last minute. Same thing that got them through the fucking playoffs last year. Wound them up in the Super Bowl. They won the fucking deal. Um, Foles is going to be a backup quarterback by the end of the year. You marked my fucking words. But, um... Yeah, it is what it is. I could not be more fucking hyped. Jimmy G is about to light motherfuckers up in this league and, and show you motherfuckers why he just got paid. Um, I'm hyped to see what Richard Sherman does on the other side of the fucking ball. Uh, Ruben Foster's looking like a fucking animal out there. Um, our defense, I think, is going to be a lot stronger than people think. Um, Jared McKinnon, it, we're losing him fucking early. That was tough, man. That's fucking tough to lose him for the season. We just signed him for a fucking, like, four-year deal, like 30 mil or some shit. So, for him to be out, we got Alfred Morris back there. We got uh, Raheem Mostert, um, and we got um, Brita. And so, a little bit of injuries. I think Brita was banged up. Mostert was banged up a little bit. So, Alfred Morris is going to carry some fucking load there for him being a veteran. Might be tough, but I think Brita and Mostert should be back healthy, ready for fucking... Sunday, and um, I, I just couldn't be more hyped. I could not be more fucking hyped, man. Football season is, like, the one fucking thing I absolutely love about fall. I love the summer, so when fucking summer ends, I'm really fucking upset about that. I hate the fall. You can't trust it. It's right next to winter. A lot of times it mimics winter. All your shit dies. People, all oh, the pretty colors. That's shit dying. That's shit dying, man. Like, pretty flowers and shit. Oh, shit's all orange and brown. That's death. Next thing you know, all the trees are fucking bare. It's cold as fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's bullshit. I hate the fuck. I hate the fucking fall minus football season. So, um, I'm hyped. Let, let's fucking get it, man. I, I'm all about it. Um, we'll, we'll see, man. I'm gonna try to get back to this shit next week. I told you I wouldn't be back this week. Fucking turns out I was. So, um, oh, last night went and got fucking Uncle Deadly. Uh, he's about 90% done on my chest. Um, so now we got to do a little bit of finishing up work with him. Got a little bit more color to go and shit like that. That chest shit hurts like a motherfucker. Um, of course, you know, you get fucking slack listening to this. Be like, fucking pussy, you know. But well, whatever. I'm not slack. Um, so uh, we got to get this shit finished. Uh, I got some background to do around Oscar. It's going to be, you know, some buildings and shit around him. You know, it looked like he's out in front of a building. Uh, uh, below Animal, there's going to be a little bit of Animal's body that's going to fill in there. Um, and then I got to put Stotler and Waldorf sitting on the fucking balcony on the inside of my left bicep. And then I'm done, man. Pretty much fucking sleeved. Uh, well, I'm, I will be sleeved on both arms at that point because the other one's already done. So um, I'm all about just, like, getting shit fucking done. I'm very impatient. So, um when I want to get some shit done, it's just like, all right, go, we're going to do this. Like I got fucking, I started with my appointments right after race season ended. And I had like every three week fucking appointments after that, bang, 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 all the way to fucking November. So by November, we'll be all fucking wrapped up. So, uh, excited for that. Um, it's all looking great. 
my man Kel, he, he's the fucking guy. Um, hit up Nate Hatred's fucking uh, GoFundMe. He's got a GoFundMe up there for his funeral expenses. Um, I believe they raised up to around eight thousand dollars, something like that. Um, so great on that. Um, again, great, great dude. Um, he's gonna be so fucking missed. I, I could not be more humbled by some of the things that, you know, Mike has told me and, and realistically, like I, I remember this shit, you know, all the messages just ring consistently in my head because I would get messages from Mike saying, yo, me and Nate just listened to your fucking show. We're over here dying laughing with you shitting on DJ and this and this. And, you know, just to know, and, and I've gotten a lot of those messages over the years of different wrestlers and stuff that would listen to my show and, you know, they'd comment on it and, oh, that I like this or that or whatever. And it's very humbling because, you know, again, I just do this to fucking vent for the most part. I You know, I'm not one of these podcasts that gets fucking, uh, you know, 10,000 listeners. I'm not one of these podcasts that gets the fucking, uh, the donations rolling in. It costs me a hundred dollars a month to do this. And everybody will tell me you're fucking stupid. It's nuts. Cheaper ways to do it. I hear you. I'm not fucking computer savvy. This fucking thing, like, is always loaded with fucking viruses. And, like, sometimes, you know, uh, you're not sure if it's going to fucking turn on. (laughs) Like, it's just, I can't, like, and even to this day, like, they're supposed to have Skype. Skype has some function to be on blog talk, but I can't get it to fucking work on blog talk. If I could, I could Skype with other motherfuckers and have them on the fucking show and and everybody's quality would be dope, but I can't get it to fucking work on blog talk and I don't know what the fuck the problem is. So I don't, I'm just not that fucking savvy, but either way, um, like I said, it's humbling, and uh, I always appreciate any fucking feedback anyone gives me. I, I really do appreciate that, and um, like I said, um, you know, Mike Mike told me the other day when I was telling him, you know, how sorry I am to hear about this. He said, you know, Nate didn't like a lot of people, and he really, really liked you, and uh, you know, that, that, that type of shit is, uh, shit's touching, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it's wild to have people just, just leave like that, you know what I mean? Because it's, it, it's crazy, you know, I look at the same shit with, the, like, the rap business, I, I'm not, you know, nearly as close with it because, you know, I, I, CZW is such a personal thing, you know, it was, you would, you would go, you'd watch the shows, you see all this crazy shit, and then you could stand around and talk to these same fucking guys that just entertained you for another hour after the show, or at the intermission, or you catch them before the shows, you know, talk to him for a little bit, whatever, okay, you know, it it was very, very personal, but as far as our entertainment goes, man, there's so many people that are just, just getting knocked the fuck out, you look at the old fucking, I was just putting, uh, Kel up onto some shit while we were doing a tattoo, and it's like, yeah, like, oh, here's children in the corn, yeah, like, all right, fucking Big L's dead, oh, bloodshed, this dude, yeah, he's dead, uh, then you got Cam and Mace, you know, Mace went off, he had pastor and this and that, and Cam went, did his thing and shit, but yeah, that guy's dead, that guy's dead, and then, um, you know, hitting all sorts of different tracks, the Big and Tupac at the tunnel track, fucking, oh, both of them gone, uh, and Mob Deep, pff, fucking one of them gone, 
you know, just like one after another, after another, after another. One the tribe called Quest gone, Run DMC gone. I mean, it's so much of what the the, the fucking old shit used to be. You know, the, the fucking health the skelter. Yeah, you know I mean, my motherfucking my fucking guy Sean Price gone. Yeah, you know I mean, like it, it just just one one thing after another. You keep going through these tracks. You be like, yep, he's gone. Yep, he's gone. Yep, he's gone. Fucking Nate Dog, fucking gone. It, it's crazy, man. And I wasn't trying to do like a you know in memoriam here. So like when I leave names off of there, don't don't be upset. It's just what's like popping to my fucking head right now. And it's just it's just wild, man. Like you look at like the entertainment. This isn't a long time ago. This isn't like yo, you an old motherfucker and shit from your childhood is fucking nah. But like talking, you know, ninety five, like nineteen ninety five, all these rappers. You know, that's not that long ago, for real. Um, and then, then you know, you're talking about these wrestlers. These wrestlers, you're talking 2001. You know, and 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 the amount of people that are gone from that that time is just stunning. It's appalling. You know, what can I tell you? Um, so again. You guys are going to have to fucking shoot me topics, hit me up with some shit, and uh, we'll, we'll see what we can fucking get together for next week, see if we can get this shit done again next week. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. I know I'll be hyped up on football. I know I'll have some shit to talk about football. Definitely within the next couple of weeks, I'll have Christian on again. I don't want to do it after week one, because that's a lot of like, yeah, and maybes, and yeah, yeah, but it's only week one, da 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 So I'm thinking like after week three, I'd like to have Christian back on, talk some football shit, because he knows his shit. And we could really break down what these fucking teams are looking at after three weeks of football. So, uh, we'll do some shit. But, um, yeah, I'll check y'all motherfuckers out. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Hold up. Check out Hot Tag Podcast. Check out I Got Your Five Stars. And, uh, talk to y'all motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Keep it in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you... Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. 
Yakuza Kiss Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm going to tell you something, sir, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. 